We recently conducted a poll on what should be the next topic for the Squared Circle Psychobabble. And with 60% of that vote, you selected what changes does AEW need to make to increase their audience? Well, this poll was conducted Wednesday night, and we recorded the episode Thursday morning before we found out what the ratings this week would be. And come to find out, AEW Dynamite got 1.2 million viewers this week. And while, yes, the audience did increase, we did have this conversation, and I think a lot of our opinions that we addressed here can still apply to how they could keep and even grow that number more in the future for All Elite Wrestling. Here's our conversation. One of the things that I feel like they can work on is their uh, their their frequency to jump right into a storyline and get everything, uh, more or less, it's, it's hot shot booking is what it's referred to, I believe. I don't like to use insider terms because obviously we don't actually work in the wrestling business, but I don't right. know what else to refer to it as. Right. Uh, rushed booking. I'll say the, the booking sometimes feels rushed. I'm going to give you some examples. Now, before I get into that, Michael, mm-hmm. we're up in a nice Italian household, correct? Yes, we did. When you make a nice Sunday sauce, how mm-hmm. long do you let that sauce cook and marinate and let all the ingredients kind of absorb and soak within each other and just make a nice big pot of love before you throw it on your macaroni? <laughs> I usually start in the morning and just let it cook all the way through the afternoon if I have the time to do so. Now you can make a good sauce and let it sit all day or you can rush the sauce and it'll it'll still taste good. It will get the job done. But if you had your choice, would you let that sauce marinate for the whole day or would you just rush it and throw it together? I would rather have it sit and let it cook on, Thank on you. slow, slow burn. Low and slow is the best way to cook not only barbecue, from what I understand, but also a nice Italian sauce. Now, I bring that up because I want to offer this. There's a few storylines that I pointed out specifically. Young Bucks joining Kenny Omega. We saw the Young Bucks essentially side or decide that they weren't going to side with Kenny Omega for two weeks. They decided they were going to help out their friend John Moxley there. And then the next week of Dynamite rolls around and we are already entangled in another Young Bucks heel turn and the band is back together. Mm -hmm. Rushed. Let that marinate. Draw it out. Tell the story. Let things progress. Let things come from out of nowhere and keep the fans guessing. The same could be said for the Pinnacle and Inner Circle storyline. We saw the Pinnacle come to its formation. We saw them beat up the Inner Circle. Inner Circle was off TV for one week, if I'm correct. And two. already the two weeks. Okay. Already the inner circle is getting the better of the pinnacle. Now, two weeks in a row here. Now I bring this up because pinnacle as a group is brand new and pinnacle, the people within the group, I mean, FTR is essentially they're established. People consider them the best tag team in the world or one of the best tag teams in the world. Um, I guess you could say MJF is established somewhat. I mean, he's, he's considered one of the better heels, but I would say more than established in AEW. Yes. Wardlow is a guy that you'd like to see come out of that group and be one of the more prominent guys that gets the rub whenever this faction decides to, you know, go their own separate ways, however that ends up happening. And Sean Spears is essentially a guy that was off TV for a really long time. And they said, you know what, let's throw him in the group. But my problem with it is this, if you're having the inner circle go and get the better of pinnacle already at this point, did you do anything yet to establish the other guys in the other faction? as far as like establishing Wardlow as this dominant figure, establishing Sean Spears. You didn't take the time to even build them up. So why should people care now when Inner Circle is getting the better of them? They, they're not established. I mean, they're a group, they're a faction because AEW tells you they're a group, 
Mm -hmm. but you're already rushing into this thing. Right. Draw things out, like let stories build up and build up and and then, uh, you know, it, it will make more sense and it will be more impactful. I feel like a lot of times, just based on those examples, they rush right into the thick of things and it's right. already uh, the main part of the the feud. Right. And I think one of the things that people go to is the too many factions argument and there's too many people involved on television. And granted, I think someone counted maybe two or three weeks ago that 72 people were on television for one episode of AEW Dynamite. Yeah. 72. Now, I am of the opposite opinion on the whole too many factions argument because it they're trying to do what with new Japan pro wrestling has done for years. And that is have everybody in some kind of faction and it makes it easier to book things. However, they have also convoluted things way too easily. And it's really easy to fix this and fix the problem that you present that things are rushed too easy. You pick, let's say 10 single stars, let's say seven women and eight tag teams. Now on AEW dynamite, those 10 male wrestlers, those seven women and those eight tag teams need to be involved on the two hours of dynamite, no matter what, no matter how you do it, barring injuries. Now, obviously injuries happen, so you can't get everybody on there, but if they're healthy and they can wrestle, you need to have a storyline for them and you need to do something with them. So Cody can still have his storyline with QT Marshall Hangman Page can still do his thing with the Dark Order. And actually, this week's Dynamite, they did a lot of this. You know, they had Meryl do a backstage interview video package. They mm -hmm. had MJF do a thing with Mike Tyson. They had Christian do an open challenge. They had Darby Allen in a TNT championship match. Britt Baker has an interview. During the Bucks Lucha Brothers match, they had tag teams out in the audience watching that match. And that's all you need to do. Just give them TV time. It doesn't need to be a 30 minute match every time against some no namer that you're trying to give shine to. Actually, you touched on something, which is going to be my next point that I wanted to bring up the, the excessively long matches and excessively long competitive matches with people who aren't necessarily established. Now I'm going to give some examples of, of just what we've seen in the past. Now I don't have a problem with a competitive match with somebody who is trying to establish themselves if AEW truly intends to do something with that individual, but if you have like your top guys going out there and having these 20, 30 minute competitive matches just for the sake of having a competitive match, mm -hmm. well, that's diminishing the value of the other talent, the talent that's right. already over. Like it's showing the audience that, you know, they, they are not actually as good as they say they are. It's like if Kenny Omega went out there and had a competitive match against Sonny Kiss, and I know this didn't happen, that match ended exactly as it should have. It happened. It was like, what, 10 seconds? If that, not even five seconds, not even it was quick. And, and that's not a knock on Sonny Kiss. And I'm not saying that, you know, that that's that's a, a bad thing. It's just for somebody ranked as highly as Kenny Omega and where ranking is supposed to mean so much in a company where they have a ranking system. And we'll get to that later. Um, Sonny Kiss shouldn't be able to go out there and have a competitive match against uh, Kenny Omega, especially if he's the champion or going to be the champion, which he is now. Now, Kenny Omega, speaking of which he went out there, maybe about, it might've been a year ago. He had a really competitive match against Alan angels and right. Alan Angels is good. He has a lot of buzz from the independent scene and, you know, he can wrestle and I don't have a problem with the competitive match, but it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do with that talent now? 
They didn't do anything without angels. Next, I don't think he was on TV until he decided to join the Dark Order. So it's like, well, why did Kenny Omega go out there and have a competitive match with this guy if it wasn't going to be where you were going to utilize that good match to catapult Allen Angels? Didn't happen. Penelope Ford went out there, had a really, really good, strong match against Takaro Shida. Mm-hmm. Did they do anything with her following that match? No, they did not. Now, right now, she's within that group with Miro and Kip Sabian. I think they're kind of going their own separate ways. Right. As far as Penelope Ford performing on Dynamite and using that match itself to catapult her, they didn't do anything with her after that point. And then it brings me to my most favorite example of all, because I saw this coming and I called it months ago and I said that they weren't going to do anything with him. Now, before I get into this, I've said this time and time again. So everybody buckle up, put your helmet on, because I'm sure people are going to just wait to tear me apart in the comment section. And I welcome that. I love bathing in the tears of the IWC because (laughs) I love being able to tell you people that I was right because I'm going to gloat here. I was right. Orange Cassidy going over Chris Jericho. What in the hell have they done with Orange Cassidy other than have him come out and essentially be a cheerleader for the best friends? He's done nothing since beating the very first AEW champion. Nothing of relevance. Mm -hmm. Anybody honestly going to sit here and try and tell me that that win over Chris Jericho did anything for him. It should have. It should have put him in. Well, the I will upper say Orange Cassidy did have what two or three TNT title matches after Jericho uh, put him over. Did he win? So he did not win. Oh, but they didn't do shit with him. And they put him in a storyline with Miro. So it's not like he hasn't done anything. Like they haven't kept him off TV. Like the other company has had some guys just not do anything in catering for months. But I get your point. You he's know, a mascot. he's a mascot for the for the best friends. He is. But let, let's dive back into the conversation. This kind of goes back to what I was saying of, you know, focus on who you want to keep on TV every single week and just find a way to use them. Orange Cassidy is a big name in, in AEW. A lot of people love him and they're finding ways to get him on TV without even having a match like this past week on Dynamite alone. He's out there with the best friends during the Bucks Lucha Brothers match. And then they have him on later where he's on the side of Chris Statlander. So they're they're putting TV time on him. The only person that I thought should have been on this week was was Moxley. And maybe it's because he's selling an injury. Same with Eddie Kingston. They're selling an injury from their beat down the previous week. And that's fine. That's but even do like a, a quick like announcement. With the commentary, hey, Moxley and Kingston are not here because they're nursing injuries and recap what happened the previous week. Little things like that. And the thing that I think a lot of people loved about AEW, before they even had their first show, Double or Nothing 2019, was the Road 2 series. You're telling me you can't do those Road 2 series video packages on a weekly basis. Now, I understand because I work in television that... It takes a while to shoot. It takes a while to edit. And because those are like movie-esque productions, it could take a little longer than just throwing a backstage segment together and then adding it to the VTR. That's what they need to do. Stuff like that to focus on the guys they want to make important. When you have everybody on there, nobody feels important. Yeah, and you know what? Video packages is one thing that AEW does very, very good. I think that, you know, when you look back at some of their video packages that they have put together, 
The initial video package they put together for Wardlow before he debuted was done very well. It didn't look low rent. It looked like it was done with a high budget. Some of the video packages they did for PAC, some of the stuff they do for Darby Allen. So if there's one thing that AEW does very well, I shouldn't say one thing because even though we are criticizing some stuff that we feel they can do better, they do do things very well to to a certain extent. Um, On the other hand, uh, but video packages is certainly one thing that they're more than capable of being able to deliver on. Now you brought up the the fact that sometimes there's too many people in different se- yep. in too many segments. Mm-hmm. The run-ins after every match or a lot of a majority of matches, given the circumstances, those need to those need to be held to like one time a week. Not not after every match. I agree. They need to stop yes. doing it during every title match just to kind of uh, have people on TV. Like this past example from this dynam from this week's dynamite. Main event match, Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen. Darby Allen is probably one of their most over guys. Matt Hardy is is a guy that's been wrestling for years. He's established. Do you have any doubt that they'd be able to go out there and have a singles competitive match and have it be good? Do you, did you doubt that at any point? No. No. No, especially when it's falls count anywhere. You have the the wep- the use of weapons, tables and they did that, but they used the distraction of, "Hey, let's everybody come in." So that Matt and Darby could set up their spot. But the problem is they also had a match earlier in the night where Jericho and Dax Harwood had a a match where the inner circle and the pinnacle were barred in the back and Mike Tyson was the enforcer. So they foreshadowed the fact that there was going to be some kind of schmaz there too. So if you have, and I've said this before, like you can't do the same thing more than once on a show because what happened the first time, you try to do it again a second time, it doesn't hit the same way because it's it's not as fresh. But when you do it every single segment, that's going to turn people off. It, it's, it gets to a point where it's like, where the hell's the order in this place? Because no one can control anything. And, and it's not even just that, but I, I honestly, it was like I'm watching an episode of The Price is Right. You know, when they used to say, come on down. It's like, yeah. okay, well, <laughs> here comes Matt Hardy's group. And then, you know what? Here comes the Dark Order. And wait a minute, we're not done. Here comes Sting with the baseball bat. And still, we're not done. Here comes Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky and Lance Archer. And, and then it's like, are we, is this even about the TNT title anymore? Like, are we even concerned about uh, uh, the main event, like at that point, you're now diminishing the value of the talent. You're diminishing the value of the match. You're diminishing the value of the importance of the title because it should be about the title and these two guys competing. And now there's so much things, so many people involved in this main event that it's like, should we even care anymore? And you know what? Credit to Matt Hardy and, and Darby, because at that point, when all these people just started one after the, it was like, it was like an endless parade a sea of people just coming out from the back and getting involved in this match i had checked out i was like you know what this is this is the exact same thing that happened uh, earlier in the night which you kind of touched on i was like i'm I'm checked out and kudos to those guys because somehow they were able to reel me back in and that's very hard to do once you check out mm-hmm. of a match and they've lost lost your interest yeah emotionally invested back into something that you want to be invested in because I like Darby. Darby's probably one of my favorite uh, wrestlers right now from any promotion. So I want to be able to get invested in the match. And that just took me right out of it because it was just too much interference, too much going on. And there's just no reason for it. Let it, let these guys go out there and compete, make it about the title. And you know, if you want to have one person interfere, okay, fine. But it was literally just one after the other. They all just came out to the ring, to the ring and just got involved. Right now. I will admit they, Definitely dumbed it down this week 
compared to the last previous weeks where like every segment had some kind of outside or, you know, post-match aftermath or whatever. A lot of the matches this week, they just did what they needed to do. And then that was it. That was fine. It was good. And that gives you more time to do like the awesome video packages and backstage interviews and keep people relevant and fresh that you want to keep relevant instead of just, well, we don't have time for Britt Baker. Uh, we don't have time for the Young Bucks this week. Sorry, Jungle Boy. You are you don't have TV time this week because we got to make sure J.D. Drake has air time against Darby Allen. And that's another thing. The important stuff that needs to, that goes on dark or elevation or even being the elite. How many times have we said, oh, this has to be on Dynamite. This has to be on Dynamite. And it's not just us. I see it on social media all the time. Oh my God, this thing from BT was awesome. That needs to be on Dynamite to help explain the story with this and this and this. Or uh, this stuff is happening on Dark. This needs to be showcased on Dynamite. And yet the only thing we get from Dark is a graphic that shows the results. That's it. Who's the number one ranked tag team right now in AEW? Do you know? It's SCU. Do you know that because commentary mentioned it last night? No, I knew that. They're like 8-0 and okay. or 9-0. and They are. Now... I did not realize that. And I did not know that because one, I don't check the rankings and two, they don't offer, they don't ever really mention the rankings. At, and for a majority of the shows, they don't really touch on them as often as they used to. So SCU is ranked number one. And I only know that because uh commentary pointed it out last night when they were sitting in the audience. Now mm-hmm. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, wait a minute. When's the last time I've actually seen these guys compete in a relevant match on dynamite. And they haven't done that. In a very long time, their last right. meaningful match was on Revolution. And I say meaningful because a majority of the wins that they've had happened on guess where? Dark. Dark. I'm sorry. Like, if it's important, if you're going to have this tag team be ranked number one and potentially challenge for the tag titles, and you want people to get invested in it, you have to feature the tag team and the talent on your flagship show. I am not going to go out of my way to watch Dark and BTE and some other obscure channel to, to understand what's going on with the storylines, you know, it, it, I'm sorry. I've just, people don't have the time to do it. And if you're going to have a ranking system and you're going to have a tag team or an individual ranked within your top five, or that's going to challenge for a title, they need to be featured on dynamite because that's mm-hmm. where a majority of your audience is watching. Right. Don't and put I it on dark, don't put it on some obscure show. That's like on YouTube. No, like put it on your flagship show so people can get invested in it and divulge in the storyline. And then it will be more meaningful when you have those big matches and those big moments, not just, oh, SCU, when was the last time they were on TV? Because I couldn't freaking tell you. Right. No, I I agree with you 100% on that. And I think, like I said earlier, you know, they're trying to support the indie wrestling industry by giving all these guys, you know, jobs and granted to Tony Khan, like I said, it's great that he's trying to do that because there's a lot of guys, if it wasn't for, you know, them and AEW doing these, you know, squash matches, they wouldn't have any income. So props to Tony for doing that. But at the same time, you have 14 matches on AEW Dark and maybe one of the 14 have any relevance to it because it's a bunch of squash matches. Now, assuming the pandemic ends soon, and they're back touring and AW Dark goes down to like three matches. Like you do the two before the show airs and then one after the show airs like they were doing when, you know, they were touring and actually doing live shows. Um, you could eat, make it simple and just focus on these teams that didn't get airtime on Dynamite 
give them a match on dark and that keeps it fresh. And then it's like, Oh crap. The best friends are facing Jurassic express this week. I need to watch that because you have the number three against the number five team on dark. I need to go watch dark to see who wins that match. But instead it's, well, Red Velvet just won her fifth squash match against someone I don't know from the independent scene, and she's 5-0, and so now she's the number one ranked wrestler. But Jade Cargill just beat her and should have beaten her, so I hope Jade Cargill gets into the top five because of this, but who knows if she does or not. And, and you know, I, I don't want people to misinterpret the point I'm trying to make here because I am all for Tony Khan uh, employing wrestlers and talent from the independent scene. I think that for wrestling... Um, overall, AEW, Ring of Honor, all the promotions across the board, the more um, the, the more opportunities to keep wrestlers employed, that's a good thing overall right. for the business. Exactly. The, the point I'm trying to make is if you're in a tag team or you're a singles competitor and you're ranked and you're expected to now challenge for a title, they need to be featured on the flagship show at least on a weekly basis or every other week or be put in matches where, you know, I shouldn't have to go and look up, which I literally had to do, When's the last time SCU was on Dynamite and had a, a match where they competed? Uh, what What's the last meaningful win that they had? I had mm-hmm. to go back and look at that. It shouldn't be the case. Like, if they're ranked number one, I should be able to think back and say, oh, yeah, that's right. They're ranked number one because, you know, last week they beat this team. The week before they did this team and they were involved in this segment. Make them feel important. I shouldn't have to watch Dark to know who's ranked here and who's ranked there because that's the only place that they're working. Put them on the flagship show. Right, right. And just to add to the rankings or whatever, you know, you have these wins and losses, and everyone says wins and losses matter, wins and losses matter. I think what would help them greatly is to have someone go on a massive winning streak, like Goldberg-esque. Exactly. Jade needs to be booked like, like Goldberg. She does not lose for 173 matches. I'm sorry. You could bury me in the comment section. She's got the look. She's got the character. The in-ring work will come with experience, especially when she's only had three matches to her name. She's got it. Use it to your advantage, Tony Khan. I guarantee you, if you book her to have win after win after win, and it could start off like Goldberg's did against guys like Hugh Morris, but eventually he beat guys like Raven and then it climbed up and up and up to eventually he beat Jer- uh, Hogan for the title. You do the same thing with Jade, where eventually she beats whoever the women's champion is at that point, whether it's Nyla or or Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, Hikaru Shida, whoever. Get her on a massive winning streak. Maybe Camille Brickhouse. Well, she's an NWA, so. Wasn't she supposed to t- challenge for that title? She Did was. But, no, but Serena Deeb's been hurt. So that's why she hasn't. Uh-huh. And that's why Serena Deeb hasn't been on TV for AW Dynamite because she got hurt. So, but they even managed to put her in like a little video package during Thunder Rose's, you know, interview last night. So keeping people, you know, keeping people on television that you want to focus on instead of just throwing randoms out there just because we need to get 72 people on television. Let us know what you would do to change AEW to make them a better product and grow their audience. Don't forget to share us over social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SCPV Podcast. And to join the conversation, subscribe, hit that bell for notifications. We'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psychobabble.